This is the Two Fish Podcast, where we try to keep biblical truths simple. Your hosts, Nick Burt and Aaron Apple. That's right. That's us. You're listening. And this is the Two Fish Podcast. Um, if you're looking for a pod, if you're new here and you're looking for a podcast about biblical study, we do topical stuff. We do verse by verse style stuff. We just look at the Bible and we try to break it down simply because we're pretty simple guys. And if you're like us, sometimes the Bible is hard to understand and we break those topics down simply. And this week, the topic we're talking about is our comfort zone. And we're looking at ways in the Bible where people were pushed outside their comfort zone and how God moved through them. And then some of our own lives. And hopefully we'll challenge you by the end of this to look at your comfort zone areas and say, man, if I just stepped out here, I feel like maybe God's pushing me to step out in this area of my life. If, if I just step out of that zone, I could see God move in an amazing way. Yeah, I think uh, in our last two episodes, you know, this seemed to be a, a point that came up and it was uh, God pushing us out of those comfort zones. So in our last episode about testimonies, there was a guy that shared in it. And it had that rote all over it. God just pushed them out of that comfort zone. Well, he pushed them into a really uncomfortable situation. Yeah. And you're going to leave your job as a sole income provider, and you're going to follow me. And that is, that is nowhere near comfortable. You're going to lay it all down, and you're going to follow God's desire for you and your family. And then in the previous episode with Luke, our guest, we talked a lot about drawing that line Sometimes yeah. as we get close to that line, it's not comfortable. Yeah. But you still got to you gotta have that line, that place in your life that you're not going to cross. And you're going to continue to follow God and his desires. So, so this week we decided, hey, let's, let's talk about that, our comfort zone. A friend of mine, the youth pastor at my church, got an opportunity to stand in front of the full congregation and give the Sunday morning. And he had talked about the Egyptians, and this really was in my, on my mind here. Um, he had talked about how the Egyptians had left Egypt in Exodus and how they were comfortable. The slaves there would have been like born into slavery. That generation of Israels had been in Egypt in captivity basically their whole lives. They'd never known freedom. And all of a sudden, God decides, now is the time where I'm going to lead my people out of Egypt. And he calls on Moses in Exodus. Let's just go straight to the scripture here. Exodus 4, 10 through 13. Right before this, God meets Moses at a burning bush, and he says, hey, I'm going to have you lead my people out because I'm ready to give them freedom. And here is Moses' response, verse 10. But Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with you, your mouth, and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. So we can see right there at the burning bush talking to God himself. This is going to push Moses outside his comfort zone. He is not going to be comfortable with this. Moses is probably ticked. Like, no, this isn't me. I don't talk. I'm not getting in front of people and talking. Like, this kind of got me wrote all over it. I don't. This isn't my comfort zone doing doing this podcast or getting up and giving a speech, but th- that was Moses. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. I'm not a good speaker. Like my speech is not. I don't command a room or 
or whatever it was. I think you do. You do a great job on I'm this podcast. I'm talking about Moses. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about you. No, we skipped right back past me okay. and went back to Moses. Oh, okay. But anyways, back to Moses. <laughs> Obviously, right from the get-go, God's putting Moses in a very uncomfortable situation yeah. and making him a leader of the Israelites. Yeah. And so you can read the story in Exodus. God actually sends Aaron, his brother, to help him speak because Aaron was a speaker. But ultimately, Moses had to lead these people out of Egypt. And God, you know, the ten plagues, you can read the story in Exodus. And they eventually get out, walk on dry land in the middle of the Red Sea and get themselves out. Then in Numbers, they are headed towards the promised land. This is just like a short 14-day walk. And they get to the promised land and they look out and they send some spies in to just say, hey, how are we going to? How are we going to do this? What's our game plan here? And the spies come back, and 10 of the 12 spies say, no way, Jose. These people are like giants. And they make the decision, the Israelites make a decision that they're not going to go in. And this is the promised land, but they don't go. And in Numbers 14.1, it says, that night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Let's go back to verse 2. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and, and Aaron, who were appointed by God, yep. right? And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. They were so uncomfortable, they would rather go back to Egypt and die. Which is where they were in slavery. They were being beaten. They were abused. They were building these giant pyramids for the Egyptians. It wasn't freedom, but that's all they knew. They were comfortable, and they would be rather, like you said, die in their comfort than to step out into what God said. God promised them this land. That's why they called the promised land. They would rather die in comfortable than to step outside that. Then in verse 4, they're like, we're done with these two leaders that God appointed. And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. So this is a pivotal moment for them, right? They they want to choose a new leader, but God had appointed Moses and Aaron to lead them out of Egypt. And at this point, they're saying, no, we want a new leader that we want to choose, not somebody that God chose. We want to le- be led back to our comfortable zone. And in this pivotal moment, this is before they spend 40 years in the wilderness because they wouldn't enter this city. Instead of a two-week journey, it led to a 40-year journey because they wanted to go back to comfort. Which ultimately, that generation never got to enter into the promised land. Caleb and Jacob, the two spies that said, no, God said we can take this land. We're going to step out of our comfort zone. We're going to take what we've been promised. Those are the only two guys that got, Moses didn't get to be in the promised land. And all those Israelites that complained and said, let's go back. They didn't get to enter. And so really it was a promise that God gave them. All they had to do was step out of the comfort zone, figure out how, how does God want us to do this? How does God want us to step in here and let's get it done. And they just decided not to. So there's an instance right there early in the Bible. Moses stepping out of his comfort zone actually leads his people, God's people, out of Egypt. But then the Israelites wouldn't step out of their comfort zone. And they end up dying in the wilderness and not entering that promise that God gave them. 
Another story we can come to in the Old Testament is actually Esther. She's really pushed outside of her comfort zone to do something amazing for God. To build up the story, the king has a guy working for him, Haman, and he has planned to get rid of the Jews and all the kingdom. And Esther's uncle Mordecai goes to Esther and says, hey, you need to step outside of your comfort zone. You need to do something that was illegal. It was illegal. She's now the queen. It was illegal for her to go into the presence of the king without being called. And But he said, the Jews, your people, are about to be executed. And the king has kind of, he'd kind of been duped into this. But we're about to all be executed here. You need to push forward. And she argues at first. And she says, no, no. I can't do that. I'm not going to happen. There's, I'm not, We'll find another way. And he says, Esther 4.14, For if you keep silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have come, not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So he's really pushing her to step forward because he believes that God is going to provide and God is going to save the Jews. And he knows if it's not her, it'll be someone else. So ultimately, Esther decides, hey, I need to do this for my people, for God's people, for the, the Jews that are here in the kingdom. So she ends up going to the king, which was an executable offense, and she falls on her feet, and she says, you know, master, which is her husband, the king, I need you to save my people. And ultimately, he ends up, he does end up saving him, but it took her stepping outside of her comfort zone to possible death for her to go in and say, please have mercy on my people. I'm Jewish myself. So she would have been in that group. She'd have been executed anyway. I'm sure that the king's guy, Haman, would have found out she was Jewish. She would have ended up executed too. But the king had mercy on her, and he said, absolutely, I'll, I'll save these people. Who, who was it that, that said, hey, I want to get rid of all the Jews? And it ended up being, he finds out it was his like right-hand man. So they ended up executing him. They put him in, on the pole. Yeah, the gallows. Yeah. And then they ended up putting Mordecai, Esther's uncle, into that position. All this to say... Esther steps outside of her comfort zone, even to the point of death, to do what she feels is right for her God and for her people. Right. So in, in that, that, God's pushing her to to do this, and she is uh, obedient and listening to God and following his command. And through that process, the, the Jews were saved, and then her uncle ends up appointed to being like the right-hand man of the king and... I believe she was even ended up more glorified in the story as well. Yeah, but but what a great example to push the glory to God. Yeah. Because like Mordecai said, if, if it's not you, God will use someone else. Once again, those, those nudges that we feel that maybe God's telling you to, to go pray with somebody that you don't even know, to circumvent something that's not normal in society, to go around it and do something for somebody we have no clue what that's going to do for either that person or for like 200 other people that may be watching the situation, praying over a basketball player that got hurt. I was going to, I was just going to say that. Go listen to last week's special edition of testimonies um, that we talked about earlier. Uh, Doreen had an opportunity to step outside of her comfort zone and go pray for someone. Not only did it affect Doreen herself, again, her confidence, the basketball player, but then everyone around her that got to see the, what took place. I think another great Old Testament story is the book of Job. Job was a very righteous man. He lived in honor. He was a God-fearing man. 
but God allowed God allowed the devil to test Job more or less, right? And it put Job in just a, a terrible spot. He was miserable. I mean, he lost everything. And he was not comfortable in the situation he was in. His friends were even coming against him, saying, you had to have done something wrong. You had to have been a sinful, like you need to repent of that. And Job's like, I have done nothing wrong. I don't know why I'm where I'm at, but I'm going to continue to follow God. I'm going to continue to point to God, and I'm going to continue to walk this thing out. And ultimately, Job came out of it better man on the other side and he got what is it twofold yeah what he had before and sometimes we we end up in these really uncomfortable situations and we don't have a clue why we're there but if we continue to walk it out and continue to do try and connect with god and plead with him well he 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 accepted uncomfortable he accepted the uncomfortable that came to him and he knew hey there's something going to come out of this but i'm i'm not going to deny my God. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that I've done wrong, which would be the comfortable thing. His friends are there. He could have said, yeah, you know what? It probably was something I did. Let's move on. Well, he wouldn't end up probably with nothing. And he lived in that uncomfortable for a while because he knew it was the right thing rather than go into comfortable. He could have, he could have just agreed with his friends. Yeah, I screwed up. I'm going to move past this. And, and in that instance, he would have been given the, given the devil the credit because God was allowing Satan to to do this to him, knowing full well that Job would continue to point to him and not give in to any of the temptations to not point to God. All right, let's go to the New Testament because there's plenty of things. Actually, there's a couple of these that we've actually talked about on the show in the past. We'll go Luke 9, Luke chapter 9. We've actually done a breakdown study of this, but verses 1 through 6. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, not even an extra shirt. How outside of your comfort zone is that? And you don't even know where you're going. I mean, I'm not doing it. Yeah, that would be a tough one to <laughs> say, okay, yeah. It would be a really tough pill to swallow. It would. Jesus is asking the 12 to leave him for one. They're comfortable with him. When they're around him, they know they're going to be okay. And go out by yourselves and proclaim the kingdom of God, which is what he's training them to do ultimately when he leaves. Okay, that's uncomfortable too. How many times have you had an opportunity to witness in your own life? Maybe you're at an airport or on a plane or at a ball game or wherever it is, and you have an opportunity to talk to someone about Jesus, and you say, man, well, I don't know. Maybe this isn't the right time or place. I don't know how many times I've been there. It feels uncomfortable. And God's saying, go do that, but it's going to be an extended period of time, and don't take anything with you. And you're going to stay at random people's houses. This is the epitome of uncomfortable in my my view of, you know, for me. Put me in this situation, I'm like, I know. 
in the in this moment, like you gotta you gotta trust in him. Like he's gonna take you to the house that you need to be at, or he's gonna tell you to leave when you gotta leave. Yeah. You gotta put your complete faith in the process and your complete faith in Jesus and what what he's telling you to do and where he's telling you to go. And that's what the disciples in this moment had to do. Yeah, I love that you used the word faith there. I really didn't even think about that in preparation of this. But that it takes faith to know that when you do step out into the uncomfortable, that he's got a plan and he's with you. It's not easy, though. No, absolutely not. So the next one on here in the New Testament, we got Peter. Uh, So he sees Jesus walking on water. This is one of my favorite Peter moments because Peter's like, I want to do that. Like, sign me up. If we can walk on water, I'm all in. So for this story, you can go to Matthew 14, 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Here comes good old Peter. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? I think this is a great example. Peter jumped at the opportunity to step outside of his comfort zone into the hands of Jesus. He jumped at it. He said, God, put me in that uncomfortable situation because I have faith. Here's this faith thing that if you're with me, I'm going to be fine. And so he steps out of that boat and he starts walking on water. That is, to me, when I, when I read the story, I'm like, if you stop right there, I'm like, look at that. If you have faith and step outside your comfort zone, everything's going to go great for you. And Peter probably thought the same thing. I got Jesus. What could go wrong? I have this thought came to my mind partially because of the sermon we just heard, but Peter's in a boat that he trusts and he believes and he knows is not going to sink. Like he has faith in that boat and the fact that it's, it's not going to sink. If I stay in this boat, we're going to stay afloat. But in this instance, when he heard it was Jesus and Jesus said, come to me, Peter left behind all that trust in the boat and was completely focused on Jesus and was walking on water because he had put that s- same faith that he had in that boat into Jesus. Yeah. And he was walking on water towards Jesus until he heard the wind and he got yeah. distracted. Verse 30, but he saw the wind and he was afraid and began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. I, I think that's a great example. I We keep talking about last week's episode but Jeremy finding new faith and saying, man, everything wasn't easy. Yep. It's just the change of perspective. So you're getting out of that trusted boat into an uncomfortable situation, but you're trusting that God's got you. Doesn't mean it's got to be easy. Go back to the Old Testament when the Israelites need to go into the promised land. God promised them that. They step yep. outside of their comfortable into their promise. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. They're probably going to have to go and somehow fight these people to get them out of. I mean, these people have lived there, but they got to get them out. That's not easy. That wasn't going to be an easy thing, but God had promised it to them. Peter here is realizing, oh, no, 
Just because I'm stepping into what God has for me doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But, verse 31. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? You know, Peter got distracted, and he, he sink, he's drowning, basically. But he cried out once again to the Lord and said, save me. And Jesus immediately did that. So Peter got distracted, but came back to the Lord and put his faith back in there, knowing the Lord would save him. And oh, too often is that us. Why do we doubt the process that's going on? Naturally, I think it's because of all the wind and the waves. Right. Once you do accept that, life is tough. Right. Life's not fair. Life is what it is. It's full of distraction. It is. And because of all that, you lose focus on sometimes why you even stepped out of the boat, why you stepped out of comfortable. That's because God had a plan, and you need to step into his plan. How many times in our life are there times where we get that nudge, like you said earlier, to step out? out of our comfortable, and into something that God has called for us, ultimately for good, because we know that's how God works. Everything that happens is for his good and his glory. So ultimately, how can we apply this to our lives, being aware of our surroundings, being aware of what's going on, being aware of those nudges that God puts in our lives, and accepting the fact that it's not going to be easy. There's a reason it's comfortable, because it feels good. It is good. Maybe not good for you, but it is good, except there's something better. And it's usually in the uncomfortable where God decides to move the biggest. He takes the Israelites out of Egypt. He saves the entire race of Jews in the kingdom with Esther. Um, He ultimately starts building the church and building missionaries by sending his disciples. And then in the next, I think it's the next, very next chapter, he sends like 72 more. And he says, do it again. Come and go and come and go. And this is how we're going to do life as Christians and as Christ followers. And then like Peter, when you do jump out of that boat and you do jump into the uncomfortable, outside of your comfort zone, understand that it's not going to be easy, but there's a reason you're out in the uncomfortable. No, that's really, that's really good. I think sometimes we can re- relate that word comfort to the word control. Mm. Quit trying to control your situation let go and let God. Oh, that's good. Let go and let God, because I think he knows better. He has an upper story plan for us. That's good. That is far beyond our comprehension and our knowledge. Embrace the uncomfortable and continue to try your best to walk it out. That's a great place to finish this. If you have a situation where you've stepped out and you've seen God move, get with us, get Reach out to us, twofishpodcast at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, we're everywhere. Reach out and tell us those stories of how you got out of the boat and you saw God move in the uncomfortable. We'd love to hear from you. And we will see you next time on the Two Fish Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure you go out and join the Two Fish community on Facebook and Instagram. Also, hit those subscribe and follow buttons so you don't miss next week's episode of the Two Fish Podcast.